0: Is there a desire in you to not just attend Revival, but live in Revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in Revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many Revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of Revival on a daily basis. Do I want to welcome my guest tonight. Everybody, please welcome TJ. How are you doing tonight, bro? I'm
1: doing great good bro i'm doing great
0: happy to be here i'm excited to have you tonight is going to be amazing i'm fired up i'm excited um you know i've had you on before so some of you know him this guy is a revivalist as you guys know listen guys you guys ask me we want to have this person on this person on this is a revival lifestyle podcast so we have we have on revivalists people that are on fire people that preach fire people that live fire and tonight i have my my brother on and he's a fireball if you've heard him preach he live streams on, I believe it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Is that right? Yeah. Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays, he's live streaming, which I'm going to tell you guys about that here in a minute. I'll also have his name before you get off tonight. At the end of the stream, I'll have his name tagged. I forgot to do it, but I'll have his name tagged in the description so you can follow him. He's a revivalist. He's a man of God. He's traveling, preaching. Why don't you um, real quick just intro yourself, bro, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, you know, uh, if you watched the stream about a month ago when I was on, Uh, gave a bit about my testimony, the reason why I do what I do. And uh, the reason why I do what I do is because I can't stand religion. Come on, And I am hungry for the power of God. And I grew up, if you were on the last broadcast, you heard a bit about my testimony. I grew up where I didn't hear about miracles. I didn't hear about the power of God. I didn't hear about healing. I didn't hear about, you know, uh, the fire of God. And so, you know, I left the church at a young age, but when I was about 20 years old, I developed an uh, incurable disorder called obsessive compulsive disorder, which there's no new h- human cure for it. There's on, no bro. known cure for it. There's just a bandage that they can put on a hemorrhaging uh, flow because that's what it is. It's a hemorrhage, but you're hemorrhaging in your brain because you have constant racing thoughts, heart palpitations, and anxiety disorder. So if you or someone you know knows on, bro. Uh, has that, you could understand a bit about what I went through for – several years, but it was when I heard the word of God preached from a man of God out of Isaiah 53 that he bore our sickness, he carried our pains, yet we esteemed him smitten and stricken of God, but he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes, we were healed. The moment I saw that, I saw a vision of Jesus tied to a wooden pole, and he was being whipped on his back, and I saw him turn to me, and he said, I did this so you could be made whole. And I, you know, the preacher went on in Matthew 8, 16, 17, that says at evening they brought unto him all that were sick and those who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word, healed all that were sick, that he might be fulfilled. What was spoken by Isaiah in Isaiah 53. And so I was, you know, I bought into it hook, line and sinker and instantly, come on, immediately, it wasn't a 10 step program. It wasn't three months later, just like Jesus, when that woman pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, instantly flow of power went into her body and the hemorrhage that had been hemorrhaging for over 12 years and she had spent all that she had on the hands of many physicians and was no better she only grew worse come on bro but when she heard about Jesus and touched the hem of his garment like i did you know that's why i'm here to, uh, you know that's why we do what we do isaiah is a, a, a phenomenal preacher and i'm sure he can tell you testimony after testimony and in my travels i've pretty much our job is to connect you to the to to the to the garment of jesus our job is just present you to to speak about what god can has done and what he's ready and willing to do for you today and uh the moment that happened like electricity from the top of my head to the soles of my feet i knew i felt in my body that i had been whole of that affliction and since 2012 when i got saved and i heard about uh, you know this powerful message of divine healing and and being set free i haven't had a bout with ocd i Come went on, back to bro. the doctor I said, there's nothing I can do for you. I said, respectfully, there's nothing you did for come me in the first on, come place. On. Jesus is the one that healed me, Jesus is the one that restored me. And let me tell you, God is no respecter of persons. So, if you're tuned in here tonight, you got to stay on because God has a miracle breakthrough for you tonight. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, now's the day to be saved. God will not push till to- for tomorrow. What you're ready, you're ready and willing to believe him for today. God will not postpone your breakthrough. Matter of fact, the Mm. only thing postponing your breakthrough it's not the devil, because the devil's already a defeated foe. He was disarmed principalities and powers were disarmed, and he made a public show of them openly at the cross. Jesus took thirty nine stripes on his back for your healing, for your restoration. He's not going to come back again and take a fortieth stripe. He's not going to go and hang on a cross for an extra hour. He's done everything. It's up to you, and it's up to uh, to me to plug in and receive what's already been purchased for us. so
0: And bro, that that is so, you're firing me up right now. Guys, I try, I'm not, I'm trying not to shout while he's talking because we are on audio recorded on these different podcast networks and they're listening. And so they're hearing me shout, but they can't see me. So it just sounds weird. But I'm telling you guys, this is what we've been preaching about. It is the supernatural power of God, bro. I really believe one of the things we've lost as the church. And I know I'm going to, if I tell you, Say one if you agree. I'm going to have hundreds of ones in the chat because so many people know this. The church has lost its supernatural edge. Guys, we were not made to be natural beings. We are spiritual beings. And I know this because one day you're going to die and you're not taking your body with you. The body is the natural. You are a spirit being and the church was called to be supernatural. But I believe, man, the hour that we're living in, the church is instead of becoming supernatural for the sake of popularity, for the sake sake of status quo they've traded the supernatural power and now they've become superficial supernatural literally means something and we're going to do supernatural q a guys we have too many questions to answer tonight about the supernatural but i'm telling you guys that the word supernatural literally means scientifically it's something that cannot be explained and some of you know what i mean tonight because you have a testimony that says scientifically i can't explain how i got set free from drug addiction but in one second i got set free scientifically i can't explain how i was deaf in one ear and now i can hear scientifically i can't explain how i was blind but now i have eyesight scientifically i can't explain how i was in the fourth Stage of cancer, and now I'm cancer free. Scientifically, I was addicted to pornography for years, and in one second, every desire was gone. Scientifically, there's no way to explain I was hanging at 12 years old on a rope, and an angel in the supernatural realm pulled me off that rope. People in our generation right now are trying to measure God in a test tube. We have atheists writing us in the chat all the time. Well, God can't be measured in a test tube. And I, I always say this, bro, I would never serve a God that could be measured. I would never serve a God that fits in a test tube. You cannot measure supernatural power with natural means. And God created us guys. I want to lay this foundation to be spiritual beings. You might be in a church where they don't preach on the supernatural realm, bro. Honestly, I don't think we talk about the supernatural realm enough. I don't think we talk about the spiritual realm enough. This is the place angels dwell. This is the place the demonic realm gets dismantled. This is the place God moves in. God is not moving in the natural realm. I wish Jesus could just show up to our gatherings and preach. But the reality is. Jesus is moving God is moving the Holy Spirit is moving in the supernatural realm and that's why we need to get into the supernatural realm we need to pray about it we need to talk about it we need to preach on it we need to move in it superficial which is what the church has become can I get an amen in the chat it means to just work on only the outside and this is the this is the concern of the modern day church everything we do is exterior enhancements instead of eternal change so now we're worried about behavior management instead of getting delivered so we tell people Well, if you're addicted to porn, you know, it's just an issue. It's no big deal We're not gonna cast the demons out of you. We're just gonna get you counseling. Oh, you're cheating on your wife Oh, you know, you just need to work on it and you need to just you know, relax for a little while You need to do this and maybe take a break here Maybe separate here or you're having this issue. Oh, you're addicted to alcohol. We're gonna give you these pills We're gonna get you this counseling this 12 step, but I'm telling you it's all outside behavior management But what God wants to do in your life I know we're just preaching here But what he wants to do tonight is he actually wants to change you in the spiritual realm He actually wants to change What goes on in the inside and what goes on in the inside changes then what happens on the outside changes? The world is trying to solve Supernatural issues in the natural realm, but here's guys you got to understand this everything we're dealing with right now People say you need to address this you need to address this what's going on here? What's going on there? everything could be fixed and addressed in the supernatural realm it has to happen in the supernatural realm before it can manifest in the natural realm that is why tj our generation especially is obsessed with the supernatural And this is why, guys, we were born to have a void that the supernatural realm is able to fill, but because the church is not giving the world the supernatural Harry Potter is, okay, and you can tell I haven't seen a movie in about 15 years here because I'm dating myself here, but the world's not giving, the church is not giving the world the supernatural um, filling they're supposed to get through the power of God, so now the world has to have a substitute, and that's the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of god is not just about talk it is about supernatural power and we know this in first corinthians 4:20, 20 was paul say the kingdom is not about talk but about supernatural power romans 1:16. it's the power supernatural power of god unto salvation so i believe bro things have to begin to shift in the natural realm in the supernatural realm before they shift in the natural realm and if you ask most believers you know this is true How's your spiritual life, guys? Think about this tonight, okay? We're getting in it tonight. How's your spiritual life? They're going to say, "Well, I go to church on Sunday. I'm on the choir. I'm on the worship team." But that wasn't the question. The question is, "How's your spiritual life?" And I'm talking about your life in prayer. Are you hearing the voice of God? Is there fasting happening in your life? Are you hearing what the spirit is saying in the spiritual realm? Are you praying in the spirit? Is there activity happening? Is there dreams? Is there visions? Is there revelations? Is there deliverances? Is there miracles? Miracles don't happen in the natural realm. Miracles happen in the supernatural realm and so I think we got to start preaching this the supernatural power of God. We got to start demonstrating as Nino just said in the chat there has to be demonstration. It's not just about talking. The days of us just talking 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 are over. We need to begin to demonstrate the supernatural power of God in our everyday life. Come on somebody.
1: 100%. I really believe that and you know everything you have to like come to the conclusion that everything in the natural has a spiritual root. Like like you've been saying. Uh, When Jesus went to the country of the Gadarenes, and there was a man who was possessed with with over 2,000 devils, a legion of devils, who the Bible says he dwelt in the mountains and in the tombs, and he could neither be bound by shackles nor chains, meaning there was no human element, there was no human cure, there was no human solution to this spiritual problem, this spiritually rooted problem. And yet when Jesus, who the Bible describes as the anointed one, when his foot hits the country, uh, the seashore of the gathering area, the moment his foot hit the ground, that demon who couldn't be tamed, who had, you know, they put like metal steel chains on him and shackles and none of he'd always break through and he'd run through to the the mountain and he continued the bible says he would cut himself with stones so cutting yourself you know people think that's some new thing that teenagers do but that's been going on for for thousands of years if you actually study first kings 18 when uh, the prophets of baal were trying to reach baal the bible says they would take stones and as was were, as was their custom they would slash their wrists with stone with uh, the stones the carved stones to get blood to come out to offer a blood sacrifice so you know that's not anything new but you have you can't be ignorant to the spiritual root of that thing mm. and when jesus entered when the anointing hit the ground that demon that was unable to be dealt with in the in the natural wow. spiritually there was a high Jesus said it unless one stronger than the strong man comes in the strong man can't be bound the problem will remain but when one stronger than he enters in he will bind the that's the anointing greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world when that anointing hits the place there's no there's almost no prayer necessary. The anointing, the entrance of the light of God, when God's light hits a place, darkness cannot prevail. Darkness cannot contest. There's no the the dominion of light over darkness is instant and unquestionable. When the anointing hits a place, which is the light of God, there's no there's no fasting and prayer for 40 days. There's no, you know, praying until you're blue in the face. When you get the when the power of God hits the place, long-standing issues, plagues of long continuance, those things just are blasted out by the encounter of the anointing hitting the place. So Jesus comes in, and that man instantly comes to where Jesus is, bows his head to the floor, and says, Son of the Most High God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what have we to do together? That goes to show the devil and God have nothing to do together. Come on, they're they're, in dia- they're diametrically opposed. What you see the devil do, you can know it's God's exact will to do the opposite. And what you see God do, you can know it's the devil's exact will to do the opposite. They're di- They're on the opposite end of things. They're not in some back room somewhere thinking, "How can I teach Isaiah a lesson today?" You know, God's not using the devil's schemes to try and bring His spiritual lessons to your life. The Word of God is all that is needed to teach. You don't need the devil's works, you don't need the, the devil's devices. Matter of fact, Paul said, I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices, lest I should be taken advantage of them. There's too many Christians that are being taken advantage of on, because of the ignorance of their heart. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, they're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance of their heart, because of the futility of their mind. The Bible says that uh, my people are destroyed not because of a big devil, not because of some big, uh, some big. Big demon. They're not destroyed because of exterior circumstances. They're destroyed because they have no knowledge. That's why the devil works overtime to try and keep you from accessing the light in this world, in this word. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest they should see the light if the devil can keep you blinded, if the devil can keep you lazy so that you don't open this book, so that I can, you know Jesus said, ye shall know the truth wow. and only the truth known and applied, not the truth known. The truth known and applied will set you free if you continue therein. Jesus enters in, the word in flesh enters in and that demon could not do. He bows his face, Have you come to destroy us before the time? The anointing is a repellent. Wow. To Satan, sickness, disease, Ooh. and it's an attractant to people that are interested in seeking truth. Come on. Religion is a repellent to people Say seeking it. and seeking the truth, but an attractant to satanic networking and activity. I'll repeat that one more Say time. Say it again. Religion is a repellent to people, but an attractant to satanic networking and demonic uh, vices. The anointing is a repellent to to the devil and his cohorts, but an attractant to people. Jesus never had to advertise his meetings. He didn't have to advertise he was entering into a town. He just showed up, and the power of the Lord was present there to heal them. And multitudes thronged him, trying to press through that perhaps they might just touch the hem of his garment. For as many as touched it were made instantly whole. Isaiah said it before. This generation is not looking for a new explanation of the gospel. This generation is looking for a fresh demonstration of the power Come of God. On, let's go. Just another generation rose up, which knew not the God of Israel, nor the work which he had done for, for the fathers. They didn't know Joshua had died. Moses had died. A new generation rose up. I don't want to just talk about Smith Wigglesworth. I don't want to just talk about John G. Lake. I don't want to just talk about Katherine Coleman. I don't want to just look and look back and, and discuss William Seymour's great success. I want to be involved with the Holy Ghost on the earth today to set my generation free. Like David, my heart's cry. And I know your heart's cry is the same because you tuned in tonight. You're not interested in status quo. You're not interested in punching in and punching out Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., if that's even how long services last these days. You're interested to like David. Lord, forsake me not Until I've shown thy power unto this generation and thy mighty works unto all who come. Paul said, in mighty signs and wonders, I have fully preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the supernatural at work, the gospel hasn't been fully preached. With Jesus said, ye shall preach this gospel, and in my name you'll cast out devils. Mm. If your church is not casting out devils, if your church is not having the supernatural on a regular, not just like once every decade, whenever we have to talk about last testimony, we have to go back to Come 1973 on. and open up the archives of the church, there's, it's probably time to look for a new church. Because I would not bet my... My family, my child's, you know, I go to a Holy Ghost fire branded church, man. Miracles all the time. I, if I was in a lukewarm, cold, distilled church, I would leave because I'm not going to bet my son's salvation. He's going to get, you know, gather around lukewarmness to his whole life. And then we complain 15 years. Well, I brought him to church every Come Sunday. On, yeah, you brought him to a dead church Ooh. and the dead lead the, dead, the blind lead the blind. You you brought him to one hour of church Sunday morning where there, there was no Save. demonstration of the power of God, and then you complain when he doesn't want to serve the Lord when he's 15, when, when he's 20. You know, everything is, it's not by chance. There's no wishing in the kingdom of God. If you make this book some ethereal, mystical book that there's no practical application, life will be very confusing for you. But if you'll take it as the word of God that has thorough uh, practical applications in daily life. That there's things you can do to advance yourself. There's things you can do to 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 unlock the power of God in life. And there's things you can do to keep the power of God locked up in a treasure case somewhere, never, to, never for you to taste of it. If you take it as some weird, you know, mystical book, you'll never enjoy anything. But if you'll take it as a book of covenant instruction, mm. that if I'll follow out these instructions, you know,
0: the, the devil's a non-issue at that point. I love it, bro. You're firing me up. And that is it guys. The Bible is supernatural. I remember and I have my cousins in here. My wife's in here. I have a bunch of my family. My parents are in here. My Nino, my Nina, they're all in here. They could attest to this, bro. When I got saved, guys, you have to hear this. I could not open the Bible. I Most people don't know this. When I got saved, I couldn't open the Bible. I would literally shake and tremble and I would tell them, you don't realize this book is alive. The Bible is a living word. It's the only book that you don't read. It, it reads you. When you read, I think our generation is out of touch and doesn't want to read the Bible. One of the biggest things we get is like, I'm bored when I read the Bible, but you have to understand that the Bible doesn't come alive until the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is flowing in your life. The spirit of God is what activates the word of God that you're able to now open it. And the Bible begins to speak to you. I'll never forget this, bro. I was so discouraged. I was distraught Because all my party friends thought I was crazy. They were making fun of me. They were making jokes about me I was just the laughing stock of all my old friends before they came to the revival and i'll never forget one day I was just felt beat down. I felt discouraged. I left I left all my friends I felt like I had nobody my literally my only friends were my parents my uncle my brother and my sister and my brother was still Out partying at the time so he wouldn't even talk to me I think it was just like my little sister and her friend Those were the only friends I had going from you know being in a band being popular having all these friends and different things I now had no friends and I'll never forget opening up my Bible I believe it's in Peter where it says don't be surprised that all your old friends are not making fun of you and now that you're no longer plunging into darkness don't be shocked and that was the first thing I opened and I realized that in that moment a book that's thousands of years old I felt the Holy Ghost is still speaking even right now that there are mysteries there are things that God is saying to you right now in the supernatural realm and as a church and as believers now I have someone write me saying I grew up in this church. I've been there since I was six Listen if you're in a dead church and I know we're going off, but we can because it's our podcast if you're in a dead church And don't use the fact that I've been there my whole life as a reason to not leave that church Because that's one of the biggest things is you've been there your whole life and I'm talking to somebody because I feel the conviction but you haven't seen progress in your life this is what i preached on on friday god told israel you're not progressing you're regressing and so when i look at my spiritual timeline of like for me my last 10 years have i progressed into the things of god am i growing in the supernatural realm am i growing in my prayer life am i growing if i'm not growing i'm dying and me and tj talk about this just before we started i said I wanna to talk to you after about more ways we could grow our stream, more strategies I'm looking about on YouTube. Guys, I'm spending hours strategizing, watching YouTube videos. How do you grow this? How do you get more people? How could I reach more people? How do you optimize the videos? How do you optimize the thumbnails? I'm trying to learn because here's one thing I know. If I'm not growing in my live streaming, in my ministry, in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids, in my prayer life, in my fasting life, in doing deliverances and laying hands on the sick, if I'm not growing, then I'm dying. And there are people listening right now There's 430 of you right now. There's so many of you that are dying, and you've convinced yourself that you're alive. But if you check your spiritual pulse, there's no passion for the Word of God, and we're supposed to be doing Q and A, but we're just going to go for it because I feel the anointing. There's no passion for the Word of God. There's no passion for fasting. There's no longing in you where you wake up one day and you say, "Wait a minute, I need to fast today." Why did the disciples fast? The religious people came to Jesus said, "Jesus, your disciples don't fast." Jesus said, "Why would they fast when?" And I'm with him. You only fast to get the bridegroom back when when are you going to wake up in the morning and say I don't feel God's presence I don't feel God's anointing I feel like God is afar off and instead of justifying it by saying well maybe I need a prophetic word or maybe Isaiah needs to write me back or maybe once Isaiah messages me and gives me a special formula or what if you realize and said maybe it's because there's distance between me and God and biblically fasting removes supernatural distance and there is supernatural power when you begin to shut your mouth and some of you need to shut your mouth not just for eating but you need to shut your mouth because the way you're talking is creating distance and you need to say lord i need to get back because i haven't grown in years i look back and i really measure and this is why paul says be honest when you evaluate yourself Paul said i want you to evaluate yourself tonight your prayer life your worship life your relationship every aspect of your supernatural life your spirit man because some of you your spirit man's dying you might be all ripped on the outside and you might be in the gym you know hitting weights but are you lifting spiritual weights that's why the bible says lifting weights is good okay but training for godliness is more profitable and the reason why he's saying that is because all those nice muscles you have. And if you're getting older, you know exactly what I'm about to say are going to fade away. One day friend, you're going to die. And the only thing that will matter is not your natural body or what you did in the natural realm. Did you make a lasting impact? Because if we don't recognize, okay. And before, like I said, we're, we're going for it. We do have about 30 questions here on the supernatural realm, but I want to say this. If we don't recognize TJ, there's two worlds, right now listen to me very closely everybody and everybody just share the stream right now is getting juicy there's two worlds that we live in at the same time if you're not a believer you're ignorant to the supernatural world okay you're blind to the supernatural yes there's you know you'll experience demons or you'll experience supernatural things happen but in the sense of moving and living and dwelling in the spirit realm you're ignorant when you get born again guys you have to hear me tonight you get born into the spiritual realm nicodemus You don't understand you're well how could i be born again nicodemus you don't understand you don't go back into your mom and come out again we're talking about being born in the spirit realm so when you're born again you're born again where am i born again at in the spirit realm that's why he said you can't perceive the kingdom unless you're born again the word perceive means you can't comprehend or see the kingdom of god why can't i see the kingdom unless i'm born again because the kingdom is in the supernatural realm and we're fighting as a church Literally, we're trying to fight a world-class championship boxing match with one arm tied behind our back because we're only fighting in one world. We're not fighting in both worlds. Remember, there's two worlds. And how do I know? Isaiah, where's the scripture? Colossians 1.16. For all things in heaven, okay, are you guys with me here? And on earth were created in him all things whether here we are two worlds invisible or visible whether thrones or dominions, supernatural spirits principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him so here paul just paul's like let me just sneak this in here i'm thinking paul how are you gonna give me one verse and you just got in all of a sudden you just got in saying there's two worlds paul's talking about two different worlds because there's no principalities or powers in the natural realm but here's what paul's saying okay church i need you to get this There is another world. The reason why you have OCD, the reason why you're dealing with depression, the reason why you're dealing with all these thousands of issues and you can't figure them out and you're going to the doctors and the doctors saying, we don't see a mass there. We don't know why, you know, there's blockage here, but there's nothing there. We don't know why you're having stomach pains. There's nothing there. We don't know why you're OCD. We don't know why you're depressed. We don't know why you have cancer. We don't know. We don't, we don't. We don't. don't." I love doctors. I believe in medical. I've many of my family in medical. There's several nurses in here. We have medical that supports the ministry, but you have to understand the doctor's job is to deal with issues we could have just done this and not even Q&A but we're doing a Q&A still we could the doctor's job is to deal with issues in the natural realm and that's why they're amazingly good at it at dealing with natural issues but understand there's many issues that you can't deal with in the natural world and so I don't go to a doctor to deal with a supernatural issue I go to a man of God I go to a stream like this and I learn about how do I fight in the supernatural realm. because Paul's over here saying we live in two worlds there's a kingdom on the inside of you and Jesus knew this because they didn't even believe Jesus is preaching the the greatest preacher of all time, people say, well, you know, what if they don't believe you when you preach? Well, they didn't believe Jesus. And then this was Jesus's response in John 10. If you don't believe in me, okay, Jesus is like, none of you believe in me. Everything I'm preaching, you guys think I'm fake. You call, you're calling me the devil. You're calling me, you know, a witch doctor. You're calling me a cult leader. You're calling me all these things. You're saying that, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm this and I'm a blasphemer and I deserve to die. So Jesus stops in John 10 and goes, Okay, nobody believes me. Everyone's like, finally, he gets it. And Jesus says, okay, here's the thing. If you don't believe me, then here's what I want you to believe. The signs and wonders and miracles. Believe the supernatural, miraculous things. If the world or the people didn't believe in Jesus without him showing them supernatural signs, what makes you think your friends and family are gonna believe you when you don't have any evidence to prove the gospel we save is real? Now, I'm I'm, I'm gonna end it by saying this. There is a law term or a term in law enforcement, or a term in the law world, however you wanna say that, I know I'm wording it wrong, called the burden of proof. Now, if you're a nerd like me and you watch court shows and you're into all these cold case files and you're into all these shows where you know they catch murders and all that, you know exactly what the burden of proof is. Burden of proof is a legal term that the prosecuting attorney, if they're gonna make a claim, they have to be able to back up the claim that they're making. So if the prosecutor says, this guy broke in at three o'clock in the morning to this house, and did this then the judge is going to say okay you have the burden of proof not the defendant the defendant does not have the burden of proof the prosecuting attorney does and now he has to prove the claims that he's making you have the burden of proof if we're out preaching as god's attorneys as god's lawyers and the world is trying to defend their own theology and they're always on the defensive of why they don't believe in god the burden of proof now I'm going to blow some of your minds when I say this is not on the world to prove the gospel the burden of proof is on the church and I could say this I'm a pastor we have done a poor job at proving that Jesus is real we make claims of Jesus but never prove Jesus and you got to understand every miracle every sign every wonder was a validation according to John 10 of the gospel the only thing that separates us from every other religion is that our God could prove himself through signs, wonders, and miracles. And in fact, I love what you said, TJ. You're not going to find the American church in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. You're not going to find this watered down meat once a week, no miracles, no signs, no wonders, no conviction, no power, no fasting, no crying out, no repentance, no holiness, no hell. I I could go on. You're not going to find that in the book of Acts because the American gospel is something that we've conjured up in some religious lab and we've fed it to the people and it tastes better to the crowds. One person said that we've turned the blood of Christ into Kool-Aid because the crowds like it better. And this is the problem, guys. If you're praying about, I don't know if I should be at this church. I've been here for years, but it's dead. It's time to move on if you're not growing. I'm not benefiting by telling people this, but it's time that we grow in the things of the spirit. This is why We asked you guys, and I'll let you say something before we go into it, TJ. This is why we asked you guys to send in questions because people are so hungry to know about the supernatural realm. People are so hungry to know about what is God saying? What is God doing? Tell me about the Holy Spirit. Tell me about the demonic realm. Now, when I did the Q&A, we had about... 120 questions come in now, obviously, you know, we're 40 minutes in. we're not going 120 questions. So I categorize them into about 25 questions, maybe 30. Okay. But we're going to get as far as we can get. And I don't want to hold TJ all night. I know he's like, bro, let's just go for it, but we're going to answer as many of them that we can. Some of you asked obscene questions. Okay. We're not answering. You can message me and I'll answer them privately. And if I didn't get your exact question, just know that I put it into a category because we got so many questions come in. Okay. Is there anything you want to say TJ before we jump into it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right on. Uh, I would just add just a story of Teal Osborne when he was uh, when he was a missionary, a Baptist missionary, and he went to India and he preached there. Uh, he was he was going to stay there for several years, and mm. like within three weeks, he ended up going back home to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, because he realized when he started to preach, nobody really cared about what he was saying. And then when he would like debate with like the Imams, because the area he was in was more of a Muslim Indian area, when he would debate with the Imams, they would like pull out their leather bound gold paged Quran and he pulled out his Bible and he would pull up scriptures of like stories of Jesus, like healing the sick. And the the Muslim men would pull up the same scripture word for word and say, yeah, of course we agree with that. And he would, he would say, yeah, well, Jesus was a great prophet. And the Muslim men, of course, great prophet. He then go, go on and say, well, Jesus was a, a mighty teacher. Well, yeah, a, f- a phenomenal teacher. Jesus was the son of God. Oh, oh, oh hold your brakes. No, that's not, that's not right. That's not correct. And then he realized there was nothing I can do to persuade them that Jesus truly was the son of God. Do you remember wow. Jesus in John chapter 2? The Bible says, and many believed in him when they saw the works which he did perform. So T.L. Osborne ends up getting super depressed, goes back home, gets into a meeting with a tenth evangelist named William Branham, who operated in like crazy miracles, cast out devils, all kinds of stuff. And uh, he sees the man casting out devils with a word, literally like a very soft, soft-spoken man. He would be like, in Jesus' name, come out. Mm. And the person would be free. He'd lay hands on the sick without... You know, I, I like to yell, I say, you know, we're very like, you know, expressive, but like this guy was like total opposite, like just dull <laughs> in the name of Jesus, be healed. And they'd get healed. So he said in his heart, it started to boil over and say, God, I want that. I want that. And he said, I heard like a million voices all around me saying, this can be you. This can be you. This wow. can be you. The next day he gave himself to fasting and prayer. The following morning, he gets wake awoken at 6 a.m. The Lord Jesus walks into his room. He falls to the ground off his bed and he begins to weep and he crawls to his study and wept until it was like 3 or 4 p.m. that day from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. He walked out of that Bible study having had an encounter with God. That's where it is. You have to have an encounter. It can't be head knowledge. Mm. If you speak to people from here, you'll appeal to their noggins. But if you speak to people from your spirit, man, You'll get, you'll shake their spirit, man. You'll you'll revive their spirit, their spirit beans. And the, you know, man is spirit, soul, and body. We're not just soul and body. You know, there's some people who believe we're just body. Other people believe we're soul and body. That's what psychiatry deals Say with, it. the psyche, the soul of man. But we're spirit, soul, and body. And the gospel is not meant to just appeal to the mind. It's to go into the spirit, man. And the Bible says we're quickened with Christ Jesus and raised from the dead with Christ Jesus when we believe. I wasn't raised physically from the dead with Christ Jesus when I believed. I was raised in my spirit, man. So T.L. Osborne tells his wife, Daisy, he says, we're going to reread the Gospels and everything Jesus said we will, we can do, we will do. Wow. And everything sa- Jesus said we can have, we will have. And everything Jesus said to do, we will begin to do from this moment on. If he says to raise the dead, we'll raise the dead. If he says to heal the sick, we're going to heal the sick. Jesus said, as you go, preach the kingdom of God. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Uh, cast out dem- demons. Freely you've received. Now freely give. The problem people aren't, the reason people aren't giving is because they haven't received first, because they haven't come to an actual point of faith, a Mm. genuine faith in their heart. But once that happens and you receive, God begins to download things in your spirit. Man, you'll always have something to, Peter and John, such as I give, such as I have, give I unto thee, to the lame man at the gate called beautiful, rise up, pick up your pallet and walk. And they, because they had something to give. So T.L. Osborne goes back, and you know, I mean, if you don't know anything about T.L. Osborne, the man had one of the most successful healing miracle ministries the world has ever seen. I mean, I have a, his book, Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne, a great book I would encourage all to read. Uh, just a powerful, powerful uh, expound, exposition on, on divine healing in the Bible. Just scripture after scripture, you know, nothing, he doesn't add anything himself. It's just scripture and uh he had you know countless people healed if you see the pictures of his crusades just wheelchairs do you think okay there's nobody who preaches against divine healing that's having people getting healed Say in it. their meetings there's nobody that's preaching against the baptism in the holy ghost that's having people baptize in the spirit in their meetings there's nobody that preaches it's like if i got up and preached a sermon like this five points go- Perhaps God doesn't want you to be saved. Point number two. Perhaps God is using the sin in your life to bring about glory in your life. Point number three. Perhaps the sin that you have in your life is a, a, a teaching lesson God has given to you. You know, And just go on, just glorifying sin. Uh, perhaps God doesn't save everybody. Would you have faith to be saved on, for something? No, you wouldn't. Faith wouldn't be able to exist in your heart because you're not preaching the unadulterated word of God. In the same vein, there's a lot of people who doubt God's ability and will to heal them because they've been fed this garbage Mm. that God doesn't want to heal. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no. Sometimes go find me in the Bible where God said, Maybe go. The Bible says Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. The devil is the oppressor, Jesus is the healer, and He's the I am the Lord your God, I change not. What he did for them, he's ready and willing to do for you. But you have to come to a point of faith. That's why when I preach healing, I don't preach, oh, maybe it's God's will. We don't know. If it be thy will. You can never pray if it be thy will. The only people that pray if it be thy will are those ignorant to his will. His will is very clear in the Bible. The Bible says the word of God is, Jesus was the exact representation of the will and nature of God. And Jesus wasn't going around laying hands on healthy people and making them sick. Say it. He didn't go around the leper, put his arm around him and say, hey, buddy, uh, let me get Luke, you over there, you got some fish oils or something you can put on his skin, anybody, any type of cream? No. He touched the leper and he healed him. He opened the eyes of the blind. He unstopped deaf ears. He told the, la- the ma- lame man that was a paralytic, get up, pick up your bed and walk. Th- this like American Jesus, it, 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 it really... Is the result? I read something today. Actually, I want to read it now. Charles Finney, he said this. I'm going to finish right after this. Charles Finney says this. Charles Finney led one of the awakenings, powerful men of God. He says, "Brethren, if our preaching, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in the land, it's the the fault is ours in a great degree. Mm. If there's decay of consciousness." of conscience, sorry, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics becomes so corrupt that the very foundations of government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. Let us never ignore this fact. My dear brethren, let us lay it to heart and be thoroughly awakened to our responsibility in respect to the morals of this nation. You can complain about what's going on. You can Come call on, coronavirus bro. a hoax, everything, government takeover. We can do all that. We can complain about the media. We can complain about the dis- the, the the distasteful state of the church right now. We can complain about all those things. We can say, oh, 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 the days for Elijah. You know that song they all say, oh, for the days of Elijah? I can't stand that song because I don't want the days Come of on, Elijah. Bro. Elijah rather looked forward to our day. Elijah didn't have the Holy Ooh. Ghost within. He had the the Holy Ghost upon. We have the Holy Ghost within. We have sweet communion with the Holy Spirit. I'm not looking back. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do on the earth through you and I. But if there's anything, if the nation is going on a downward spiral, it's not. It's not Bill Clinton's fault. It's not Barack Obama's fault. It's not Donald Trump's fault. It's the church's fault. That's why. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will be seen in you let your light shine in such a way and your light will the bible says men will glorify god because
0: of the light that you radiate so i mean you're on you're on fire all right guys we're gonna do forget not the Tuesday night or Friday, but we're going to pick another day where me and him are going to tag team preach because I feel the fire, bro. We could go, we could go five hours tag team preaching. I love it, bro. And guys, like I said, I I never forgot to tag somebody and I forgot to tag him in the description tonight. It's TJ. How do you spell your last name? M a L C I N G I m a l
1: c i c a n
0: okay he's gonna type in the chat and guys when we get done the first thing i'm gonna do when we end tonight is i'm gonna tag his name and add him to the description so you'll be able to find him i've shared some of his videos i'll tag him tonight i'm telling you guys he streams twice a week we're gonna do more streams together we're on, guys listen we're on this stream tonight to answer questions but the holy ghost took over for the last 50 minutes and like i said we're gonna do more streams together i want to say this this is two things bro as you were talking the holy spirit just told me okay guys i'm telling you number one people are going to get healed tonight so when this is done we are going to pray me and TJ are going to pray and lead you through prayers of healing and I hear I literally heard the Lord saying this as he was talking you're going to lay hands on yourself I know some of you are writing the chat I need healing of this area you're going to lay hands on yourself and you're about to see and I'm prophesying and I'm telling you you are about to see your first miracle tonight through your own hands you're going to lay hands on yourself and you are going to see a miracle happen the second thing the Holy Spirit told me that we're going to pray for at the end of the stream so do not leave and guys we're honestly just getting started we haven't even started the questions yet okay the second thing the Holy Spirit's gonna do is He's going to baptize those of you that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So, some of you might have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you've never spoken tongues. Tonight, the Lord is gonna re baptize you in the Holy Spirit and you're gonna speak in tongues for the first Hallelujah. time. So, if you're in this chat, there's 460 of you, on, according to my phone. If you're in this chat and you say, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I've never spoken tongues, begin to build your faith because we're going to share a lot of stuff about tongues a lot of stuff about miracles next tuesday we're doing supernatural giftings on the podcast but i want you tonight as we're speaking for the next hour hour and a half wherever however long we go i want you to begin to let your faith arise i want you to to understand tonight is my night i know there's some of you that say isaiah well i've had prayer for years okay forget those things that happened yesterday today is a new day we're going to go into prayer tonight at the end of this live stream and we're going to pretend you've never gotten prayer before and we're going to start fresh and tonight some of you that have never been baptized are going to get baptized and that's perfect way to lead into our first question so if you're just jumping on there's there's a large amount of you in here tonight we had 120 plus questions come in I narrowed them down to like 25 or 30 and we're gonna go some of these will go through them fast but we're gonna go through all these questions regarding the supernatural realm now, I knew this was gonna happen, TJ. Every time I do a Q&A, it turns into all deliverance questions, okay? So like I did the two <laughs> and a half hour deliverance Q&A. So guys, if you wanna watch that, it's on my YouTube channel. So I'm not gonna, I took out a lot of deliverance questions because I don't wanna do another two hours on deliverance. I, me and my wife did our partner's call and we had two hour Q&A and it was all on deliverance. I know everybody wants to hear about how do I do this because they're not being taught in the church that. We do have some of those deliverance questions, but our tonight our focus is the supernatural realm. So this is what we're focusing on. The first question is, and we'll tag team taking turns starting out is can you get baptized in the Holy Spirit more than once? What an amazing question. I think this is a very big common misconception in the church. And I know you know this. A lot of people come up to us at the altar and say, well, when I was 16 years old, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking like, the last time you got baptized in the Holy Spirit was 16. (laughs) How are you surviving? You can absolutely be baptized more than once in fact the bible says do not be full of wine but be filled with the holy spirit and that actual translation is be continually filled so i tell people all the time we used to drink every day when we were in the world i used to party almost every day I used to you know do this all this every day so the same way i used to drink alcohol all the time i could be filled with the holy spirit all the time in fact most people don't realize the disciples were baptized twice the bible says jesus blew the holy spirit on them and they received the holy spirit and then in the book of acts he said wait in the upper room until you receive the holy spirit wait a minute didn't we already get it yes there was a second wind a second filling so you can be re-baptized in the holy spirit i asked the lord all the time refill me if your car needs to get refilled then your spirit needs to get refilled if your water bottle your cup needs to get refilled when you finish it your spirit needs to get refilled one of the reasons why people are not being filled is because they're already full of themselves and also god won't fill full vessels so the way that god fills people is when you pour out to people then god will refill you but if you're not witnessing to nobody if you're not praying for nobody if you're not You know pouring out what god has poured into you why would the lord continue to fill you up i know we always pray lord overflow my cup i'm going like overflow you haven't done anything with your cup you've had it full for years and so i believe i've gotten baptized more than once every time i pray i'm like lord baptize me i mean i'm always asking for a fresh baptism i don't know if you want to add something to that
1: sure i mean i'll add one thing acts chapter two they are all together in one accord. It came from heaven a sound as of a rushing of mighty wind, and they all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's Acts chapter 2. Peter preaches a great sermon on Pentecost. You know, 3,000 people added to the church. The Bible says many signs and wonders were done by their hands, and great fear swept upon the whole. So it shows you the, the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, first of all, I'd say that the baptism in the Holy Ghost is not optional.
0: Come on, bro. I know a lot
1: of people think of it as optional. I, I'll even go as far to say that, like you, you can theor- theologically you can make heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but practically you might not say it because in this day and age, as the heat gets hotter and things get, you know, rustling feathers and all that, and then wickedness begins to, the Bible says lawlessness increases and the love of many grow cold. You'll need, you know, that's the whole po- point of the parable of the 10 virgins. Five were foolish. They didn't carry extra oil. They had one baptism. Back when, like Same. you said, back in 1972, brother, I just remembered I got my goosebumps up, my hair stood up on his, on my wrist, and I just remember that fresh blow. Oh, hallelujah. I feel, you know, like they'll, they'll talk about it like that. But since then, they haven't had any other encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, it, it, the Bible says that they're foolish. It's actually foolishness to have that. Acts chapter 2, they have a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then Acts chapter 3, they get arrested, thrown in the jail. They come back to their own company. Acts chapter 4, the Bible says... When they had come to their own company, they lifted up their voices again. And the Bible says, they said, take note of their threats. Grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you extend your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are done through your name, the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And when they had finished praying, the place where they had gathered oh, yeah. was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. So that's Peter. Peter got filled. I mean, what do you mean? They were all filled. Weren't they filled? Yeah. I will be anointed with fresh oil. You need fresh oil. One of the prayers I pray constantly on a daily basis is, Lord, let the fire never go out and anoint my head with fresh oil. Keep me ever fresh. Keep me ever flourishing. That's what I'll, that's what I'll
0: add. So good. So good. You're, like, you're a walking Bible, bro. I love it. Um, you're, you go ahead and take this one. We'll just switch off here. Can you pray for someone to have new kidneys or body parts supernaturally?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's called the working of miracles. It's one of the gifts of the spirit. And uh, it, it's a work. It's a creative power of God. You know, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. And when God created men, let me tell you, he created spare parts for each man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so if there's something wrong in your kidneys or anything, you know, just like any type of Ford, uh, uh, Toyota, Honda, when your car, if your car breaks down and you're, you know, you need a new, uh, man, I'm really bad with cars. Probably should have taken something different, but you need a new, like, uh, transmission catalytic converter. If they still make cars with that. You need a new, you know, you need a new engine. You need a new piece in your car. Uh, you, you contact the company and the company sends you a new, a new piece, a brand new piece works, works brand new, clean, still has the plastic on it. Well, in the same vein, God has spare parts in heaven. You know, yeah. I can tell a testimony. There was a man, uh, in a 10th evangelist meeting, a 10th evangelist that I know uh, closely, great, great, great friend of mine. And he was preaching. He was a, there was a Muslim man in the front row. Someone had invited him, and he was with his daughter. And uh, Sorry, in the second row. In the front row, in front of the little, the little girl, there was a man who had uh, his neck kind of like this, hunched mm. in, like his shoulders up to his ears. And he was missing two or three vertebrae up in his upper neck. And so the doctor had set his neck in such a way that if he had any type of sudden movement and he broke that, like, setting, he could potentially die. Like, he would have to be rushed to a hospital. So this 10 evangelist was preaching, and he felt by the Spirit to go and lay hands on that man. So he called him up, and he, he, he stood up, and he was, you know, hunched over, had his neck kind of like indented in his shoulders. And so the 10 evangelists pretty much when you're going to get prayed for by a 10 evangelist, you're pretty much asking to get physically abused <laughs> because he like grabbed his head and, and just said in the name of Jesus. And he pulled his neck up. Well, when he did that, he heard a big gasp in the audience and his wife turned over because she knew if someone moves his neck like that, he's going to die. Mm. But instead of him dying, you understand that it's amazing how when you believe God, God actually pulls through Mm. and faith without works is dead. So when he did that, under his hand, he felt there was like two or three cracks. People can hear it. And under his hand, he felt two new vertebrae, two or three new bumps pop up on his neck. And the man was totally restored. The little girl in the second row, a Muslim girl with a Muslim father was watching this and so throughout the service, she was like looking at, you know, when you're a kid, you're looking at like, if there's like a guy with a massive mole on his face or whatever, you're just like yeah. looking and staring in obviously. But, you know, they are a kid, seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid. So when she saw that, she was like, she started to weep. And so the, the evangelist saw that and said, little girl, would you like to see he, feel what a miracle feels like? Well, the way to stop live wire is not to touch live wire. So the moment he put her hand to... The man's neck, the anointing obviously was still, the current of the anointing was still flowing. The moment she touched it, she fell out and began to speak in other tongues. And then the father freaked out. So he goes and grabs the daughter. He falls out and begins to speak with other tongues. The next night, that man brought like... Because if if like a patriarch in a Muslim family gets saved and and you know they carry a lot of influence, he brought like three rows of family to that tent. Meaning, and they were all at the end when he gave the the invitation to come to Christ. He like lined them up it, 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 and just led them one by one to the altar, and they all got saved. So can God create a new organ, a new bone in your body, new knees, whatever you know, macular de- degeneration, new uh tissues in the eye, retina. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I believe God, if you're believing God for that, even now, I believe there's an anointing Come on. on this broadcast that whatever yeah. needs to, you know, whatever God can't cure, which is obviously nothing. God can create so good. If God can't cure it, God can create it. When Adam was sleeping, God opened up his abdominal area and took a rib out and when he woke up he didn't have any stitches
0: come on he didn't have any. god on. can
1: do the same for you he can move in without the help of a surgeon his yeah. invisible hand can go right in squeeze that heart they're saying you need a heart transplant transplant well the gentle squeeze of the holy ghost can squeeze that heart and any type of blockage artery blockage any type of uh, blood pressure problems that's caused by a, a poor heart god can totally get not just give you a, a you know a not just give you a, a better heart. No, a new heart. A brand new heart. If he could do it spiritually, like in Ezekiel 36, I'm pretty sure it's a lot easier to do things. So I don't get It's harder to believe God for the Say spiritual, it. eternal things. I find it's harder to believe God for eternal salvation than it is for me to get healed. Like, I don't know how. I, that's just how I am. It's harder for me to believe God for the un-things, unseen things of like I'm going to spend a millennium with Christ than it is for me to believe God. Obviously, I believe all those things. But I'm saying... It's much more easy to believe God that he can do, you know, it, should it be thought in, uh, incredible that God should raise the dead, Come you on. know, and if God can raise the dead, Lazarus didn't need new lungs. I mean, Lazarus didn't need uh, uh, healing for his lungs. Lazarus didn't need healing in his brain. Lazarus didn't need healing in his knees. He needed brand new everything. He needed like a refueling. I lo- I'll tell one more testimony. Yeah. It just yeah, came no, to right. my spirit. There was a guy who had stage four lung cancer at my Bible college. And uh, we prayed for him. A very simple prayer. He was given like several months to, and he was going to die. Very pale in the face. You can tell he he was at death's door. And so with compassion, we prayed and we prayed like just in believing God's word. That God would do something. Two weeks later, I see him on a John Deere uh, doing the landscaping at the school. And I said, Brother Ed, shouldn't you be dead? How is it like you're doing landscaping? Wow. He said, well, I went back to the doctor last week and he, I've been feeling better. So I went back to the doctor to see what happened. The doctor did another, another CAT scan on my lungs. He came back and he said, not only are you, you have no more cancer. It seems to me that the lungs you now have don't match the lungs you used to have. These are brand new lungs. We don't understand how to, we don't know how to explain it. Like you said, the supernatural is unexplainable. Oh
0: i love it bro i had a a family member that was deaf in one ear and one of my aunts was like how could god heal him he doesn't god doesn't have nothing to work with and my thought was have you seen my testimony how could god use me when he had nothing to work with but our god is able to speak those things that are not as though they are and so there's definitely power i love the testimonies you shared To do supernatural miracles for creative miracles we've been preaching on the acts 19 the unusual anointing handkerchief miracles guys this is so far beyond some of you might come in here and say i never heard any of this i know some of you in the chat are like this is crazy i've never heard anybody in my church talk about miracles this is what we're talking about when you step in now there's one thing about the supernatural realm let me interject here once you step in and you go beyond the veil of religious dead lukewarm american christianity and you step into the veil of biblical book of acts type of faith and you begin to mm-hmm. see miracle signs and wonders you can never go back to that old dead status quo religion Absolutely. you can never go back to that veil I'll never forget bro say for two weeks I was praying for this lady I, I my uncle we were driving the car one day I said could we do everything the Bible says we can do he said yes and so the Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and thank God I didn't have a bunch of religious people around me to try to talk me out of the Word of God I just believed if I lay hand on a sick person they're gonna get well well so we were at this conference I just gotten saved and there was this lady who was like honestly I don't really believe in healing she was a um she came from a Catholic Church and she didn't really believe in divine healing and I'll never forget i was say for two weeks had just come out of being an atheist I lay hands on her knee on her knee I'll never forget she had like a meniscus a missing meniscus something missing in her knee whatever is in your knee right there MCL ACL I don't know there was something missing in her knee and I laid my hands and this was the first time I ever saw and I ever felt a real miracle And I laid my hands. I said, I command right now that kneecap bone in her. I started speaking to everything, praying over her finances. I prayed everything. And I began, (laughs) she starts screaming. I'm starting to scream. I start feeling something forming in my hand, something moving. She had gone from barely being able to walk to 100% healed. But as I felt her bones moving in my hand, whether bones were created or moved, I don't know. I remember this, bro. This was 10 years ago. I had this thought in my head. I can never go back. That was the only thought I could think about was after this moment, I've literally felt somebody's bones moving in my hand. I will never be able to go back to not believing. And I really believe, and I'm praying that as we share about this, as we preach about this, God's gonna begin to stir up supernatural things. I believe in the next week, in the next two weeks, God's gonna open up supernatural doors. And so you'll be able to walk in it because once you do this whole like, I don't really know if God's real anymore. All that garbage that the devil feeds you, you'll never say again. Like I I will never, whether I would go back to the world or stayed safe, I could never say, I just don't really know about this whole God thing. I just don't. People tell me, well, I just went back. You know, I just, I'm done with this whole God thing. I didn't really get much out of it I'm going like you never really put anything into it in the first place because there's no denying the supernatural power I have family right now in the chat that were deaf and that got healed that were blind that got healed that had a Sickness and that got supernaturally healed. I've been supernaturally healed before I'll never forget um, my I had a I dropped a weight on my toe and I had pain in my toe It sounds so stupid, but i had pain in my toe for literally years. I didn't even care because it always hurt i was just used to it and i had a headache and i was about to preach like six or seven years ago and my brother was like well let me just pray for you and my brother prayed that my headache would leave and i had literally pain in my toe for years i never even told anybody i didn't care it was just there and it is what it is i just felt it'll be there forever right my toe got healed as he was praying for my head and i literally was like god why i didn't understand like why are you going to heal my toe i didn't ask for it and god says because those little things that are insignificant to you matter to me. And so I came to tell somebody that's in pain right now that thinks God doesn't care about my pain. God doesn't care about my back or my neck or my knee or my can't God cares. And tonight God is going to heal some people. So just have an expectation and believe it. Um, We're going to get into our third question. Okay, I told you guys we have like 30. So we're going to we're going to go here. Um, Should we read the book of Enoch to get more information on angels? I actually had several people ask me this and the answer is no I would not read for me I wouldn't read any book and take it as fact now there's tons of books you can read and tons of fictional books and whatever that's on you but for me I wouldn't read anything that might cause confusion and if it's not in the Word of God the Canon and you, I, I'm not gonna go into the whole how they chose the Canon and how they put it together and all at Dead Sea Scrolls but if it's not in the Word of God if you're asking me I would not recommend you reading the book of enoch or another epistle or another book that claims to be a missing part or a part that was taken out so i would absolutely not i'm very careful even with like movies that come out that are christian documentaries i don't recommend them to new believers because sometimes it could jade your perspective or your perception so i would not read the book of enoch i don't i don't read it i don't touch it i don't need to read it i already have the bible so i don't need to have another book if i already have the bible so stay away Exes to the Book of Enoch. I don't know if you want to add anything to that or what you in, you know what you've read I mean, about it, but every,
1: everything God had to say about angels is in the Bible. Yes, if He wanted you to know something else, He would have written it. It's good, you know. And there's there's enough content to keep you busy for a long time. There's <laughs> yeah. like a lot of books written on angelology and stuff like that. I mean, they're ministering spirits sent for to minister to us. You know, like just. Take up a uh, what do you call them like those uh, correspondence. Just type out "angel" and you'll see everywhere in the Bible where mm-hmm. there's an angel, where where there's a, an appearance of an angel, and the the word "angel" shows up. And there's there's so much to to study just in the Bible. You don't really have to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere else.
0: I love it. Uh, Vince Strand said, "I have to share this. I'm building a fence right now, and the Spirit of the Lord is on me while I'm listening. The fire's flowing. I feel like a real carpenter." Love you, Vince Just Appreciate you being in here, bro. And guys, those of you that are asking questions, we're probably going to get to your question and already cover it in our thing. So at the very end, if you have really burning questions that you need to ask to answer, we'll answer it for you, okay? Um, is speaking in tongues for everybody or is it for just some believers? You want to go ahead and start that one?
1: Yeah. Uh, the Bible says that they that believe on my name, they shall speak with new tongues. So absolutely it's for every single believer and every single believer should you know first of all the baptism in the holy ghost the first thing that shows up is the way you know you got baptized is speaking in tongues i mean obviously that's not the only evidence you should want to win souls you should have a desire to 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 evangelize and to witness because that's you know you shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you to be witnesses so there's other evidences but however if you study the book of acts every single time someone got baptized in the holy spirit it always influenced their mouth. There was always there was prophecy. There was speaking in tongues. So, and what does tongues do? Why why should you want to pray in tongues? See, that's where people get confused. Is they they think of the gift of the spirit of tongues and interpretation as a prayer language. That's And good. they mix talk the two about up. That. That's what I was going to say. In reality, so they're totally different. The gift of the Holy Spirit, when it talks in First Corinthians chapter twelve, when it talks about the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues. That's talking about in a church setting when someone bursts out in a message in tongues, and then there's an interpreter to interpret what that person spoke of in an unknown tongue, which is tongue of an angel, could be a tongue of another another nation, and it could be just an unknown tongue that God desired to create right on the spot. Uh, However, that's not to be confused with your prayer language, and Paul spent a great deal of time talking about the essential place that speaking in tongues has in your prayer life. I mean, I can tell you when I began to speak in other tongues in my prayer life and I began to pray in tongues, I can tell you firsthand that it totally transformed. Because the Bible says you don't know what you should pray for as you ought to. Mm. But the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses through groanings which can't be uttered, which can't be understood. The Bible says in Jude 1:20, beloved, you're to pray in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up mm. in your most holy faith. Paul said, He that prays in an unknown tongue. He doesn't speak to men. Howbeit, in his spirit, he speaks mysteries to God. Nobody could understand it. So, even the devil doesn't even understand what you're praying. Howbeit, you're praying the perfect will of God. You're praying after God's perfect will. You can never screw up praying in other tongues. You can never mess up. You can never pray amiss. And the Bible says that people re- ask and they receive not because they pray amiss. You can never pray amiss. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you feel like, uh, you know, somebody pops up into your mind and you don't know what you should pray for, but somehow they keep popping up into your spirit and, you know, resonating in your spirit throughout the day. Just pray. That's where praying in other tongues comes in handy, you know, because you can pray the perfect will of God for them. And the Bible is now finished with this. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. It charges your spiritual batteries. It totally builds you up. In your spirit man, so you can have a robust spirit man, Mm. a strong spirit man. Because just like your physical man has to be trained if you wanna look good, have nice muscles, if I just went to McDonald's for the next 30 days or 40 (laughs) days or 60 days, I would not look too good. I would probably have breathing problems and just not feel good. Uh, but if I went to the gym the next 30, 40, 50 days and spent two hours a day at the gym, I'd look a whole lot better. Well, when you pray in the Holy ghost, you're exercising yourself towards godliness and you're building a strong spirit man so that in the day of trial, something. You're not, you know, the Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is too small. Mm. Well, how do you build that strength in the day? You don't build it in the day of adversity. You pray in the Holy Ghost continuously on a daily basis, praying always, the Bible says, at all times in the Spirit under every occasion, Ephesians 6.18. So that in the day of trial, you know, you're already built up. You know how? To deal and address the situation. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, if you'll begin every single day waking up and praying in the Holy Ghost for 15 to 20 minutes, just praying the Holy Ghost until a note of joy and victory comes up in your spirit, you will never backslide. Wow. If that, and that's coming from someone who raised 21 people from the dead. I think I'll wow. take a few things he said. That's so good. <laughs> if you pray in the Holy Ghost 15 minutes, until something comes up in your spirit, you'll never backslide.
0: I love that. I agree 100%. I think one of the huge misconceptions we have in the body Christ right now is speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. So people always tell me, "Well, the Bible says the gifts are only for some people, and not everybody has all the gifts." And so, if tongues is a gift, it's not. Maybe it's not for me. But you don't understand. The praying in tongues is different than speaking in the unknown language or a language that could be interpreted or a message that could be interpreted. Because God wants everybody to pray in tongues. To you know, your spirit making utterance for that what you don't pray. I tell people this. You know, your spirit prays when you don't know ought, how to pray or what ought to pray for. So, for instance, if you have a you know a tragedy in your family say your uh, family member passes away you don't know what to pray because you're full of unbelief anger doubt so your prayer might say like God I can't believe you did this why would you do this but your spirit knows the perfect will of God and it knows why things happen so it prays beyond your unbelief you can't pray in tongues and have unbelief while you're praying so that's why praying in tongues is so powerful it prays your spirit is literally praying the perfect will of God and for me 80% or more of my prayer time is praying in tongues. Cause I, in my mind I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, I could pray in English and target certain things, but if I could pray the perfect will of God, why would I try to pray my will? You know what I'm saying? So I do pray in English, especially when I'm praying over people, I'm praying in English, but when it's my own personal prayer time, I'm praying in tongues. We're gonna go over some of that later, you know, well, should I pray in tongues in church if no one says it? all that. Um, My next one, this was very highly asked and someone's been spamming it in the chat here should christians drink or can christians drink now i want to say this about drinking and christians okay and if you don't agree with me we could still be friends you don't have to leave and delete me and be angry and you know cancel your monthly partnership if you don't agree with me the thing about drinking is we have to stop as the body of christ asking what's wrong with something because that's always a question like what's wrong with drinking and start asking what's right with drinking I've never, ever, ever seen drinking benefit anybody in any way, benefit anybody. So Mm -hmm. some people say, well, and this is the only argument I've ever heard that could have some little validity, even though I believe drinking is 100% sin. People say, well, it's good for you to drink a glass of wine. And I I tell them all the time, it's also good for you not to eat McDonald's, yet you're still always in the drive-thru every morning. So there's a million things we can say about it's good for you or it's not good for you. The Bible says in Proverbs, and you can Google this or you can search this or you can wrestle with this yourself, that strong drink is not for kings and queens. Strong drink being alcohol. Okay, well, what about wine? What about vodka? No, strong drink being Alcohol and then in Revelation it says we are a priesthood kings and queens a royal priesthood the Bible says be holy as Christ was holy So Jesus people say well Jesus made wine Well, he didn't drink it and not only that you have to remember the wine of that day Now I'm not gonna go into a whole 30-minute teaching I could on this but the wine of their day was much different than the wine of our day mm-hmm. Um I, I got delivered from alcohol. Okay. I drink, I tried to drink every day. I mean, if I'm honest, I, I was, my mentality in the world was why would I not be drunk? I mean, it's fun. I'm outgoing. It makes me feel good. I escape. So I just thought, well, let's just drink all the time. So I got to a point where I was drinking before work. I was drinking at school. I was just, I was just drinking. Right and the moment i got saved tj the very first thing god delivered me from was alcohol from that day till now i have not tasted i have not thought about i have not craved from Mm -hmm. that day forward i've had zero desire and i drank almost every day my brother who drank a handle of vodka almost every day if he would have stopped drinking in the natural sense he would have died i mean literally Uh, alcohol withdrawal if you know anything about alcohol withdrawal is worse than drug withdrawal you could literally die from if you're an alcoholic my brother has not drank one drink since that day he got delivered after drinking a handle every day my question is this to you if god delivered me from it why would he allow you to do it and as what nino just said it might be lawful but it's not profitable i could give you story after story of people backsliding because they saw their pastor drink or backsliding because they were an alcoholic and their friend drank it, it doesn't bring any benefit. And now I can look up the statistics and I can give you guys a lot more evidence here, but I can look up the statistics of the thousands of car accidents, the DUIs, the people that have been killed while the person was drunk. Why would I invest into that? Why would I partake in that? The only reason people drink is because it's an escape. I don't need an escape. My escape is the Holy Ghost. My refuge is the Holy Ghost. I don't need to go on vacation. My vacation is the presence of God. I don't, when I go on vacation, I don't stop reading and praying because I'm on vacation. Jesus is my rest jesus is my refuge he is my safe place he is my hobby so i'm not looking for a vice to try to get me out of my situation there's nothing right with it it's a bad testimony it's bad for your body let me give you one more okay because i could go and that because i go in 30 minutes i won't it kills your brain cells that is a proven fact you don't you don't get new brain cells back after they die by the way and some of y'all need all the brain cells you can get if you know what i'm trying to say so i would uh-huh. say no to drinking i could never imagine getting out of preaching revival and going out to drink a lot of pastors in our generation drink. A lot of worship leaders you listen to drink. This is this is the, this is reality, not me making this up. A lot of I would say the top five famous preachers on Instagram right now, all of them get hammered. And I know this because I've had friends that were with them while they were drunk. Um, I'm talking about getting drunk, hammered, drunk. It's very popular in the Body of Christ, and in my opinion, it is demonic. And I've never met an on fire believer that is a alcoholic as well. So I say no to drinking. You want? I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I know I'm, I am I kind of ranted for a while there.
1: No, he's great things. I would just add one thing is that uh, everybody God separated for a great task in Scripture. God gave him the so instruction good. to abstain from alcohol. Samson, God wanted to use him as a mighty judge to abstain, mm. to, to deliver the Israelites out of the Midianite hand. What did he do? the philistine hand sorry what did he do he gave him his lips should never touch alcohol and you should never cut his hair and it's when he started drinking and uh, that's when he had the decision to cut his hair and that's when he lost the anointing john wow. the baptist same thing he shall be great in the sight of the lord he shall go in the spirit and power of elijah and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink so everybody god used mightily in scripture Uh, God gave him an instruction to abstain from alcohol because he knows it clouds. You know, you quoted in Proverbs uh, 30, 31. uh, Everybody loves the woman's side. But before that, there's actually a long. uh, Is it Proverbs 31 or what am I thinking of? It it would actually be probably good to read.
0: And, you know, bro, I think one of the things. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: It says it's not for... Like you said, it's not for kings of Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law. Well, the law is the Mm. word. So drinking actually gives... There's a forgetful uh, spirit that comes on it where you actually forget the word of God. I don't know about you, but I want to do everything to remember God's word and God's law.
0: So David
1: said, I've hidden my word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And when you drink, you actually forget the word that you maybe have hidden in your heart in times past, but all of a sudden, because of alcohol... It extracts the word from your heart. And I mean, anything that's called spirits, you should probably Preach. stay clear from.
0: <laughs> and dude, it controls you. Know? you. I remember I ne- I've i never been suicidal in my life. You know, I had depression, different things, but never suicidal. About two months, what's up, Matt Cruz? About two months before I got saved, I was in a hotel at a, at a wedding and I was completely hammered drunk. And I literally felt a spirit take over my body and tell me to jump off the balcony. I was, I was hammered drunk at the time. And in my mind, I realized alcohol controls you. There's a million of you that remember waking up and going, "What did I do last night? Something took over me. I blacked out." The only thing controlling me is going to be the Holy Ghost. Ain't nothing taking over my body and trying to tell me what to do and change my mind besides the word of God. So if alcohol changes the way I think, I I am not drinking alcohol. I'm I'm consuming the word of God. I'm consuming the anointing and the reality is i don't need alcohol i don't need an escape i'm not empty if you feel empty and you're using drinking to fill the void you need to get full of the holy ghost and get that fill your void because you cannot let anything control and at the end of the day guys this is everything me and tj preach me and TJ are building online communities of revivalists of remnants. We're not catering to the lukewarm. If you listen to us for the last hour and a half, we're not catering to the water down church. We're not catering to American Christianity. We're building up a, a group of people that say, I want to go as far as I possibly can go. Paul said, you can be a wooden vessel or you can be a golden vessel. I don't want to be a wooden vessel. I want to be a separated vessel for God and God didn't use people in scripture that drank. So why would God use me if I drink? So it all comes down to how far you want to go. Now, will I go to hell if I drink? You could do a lot of things and not go to hell, but I'm not going to be one of those that Paul tells us about that's barely saved because the Bible says there'll be many people that are barely saved and I'm not going to stand on judgment day and not be sure where I'm going. I mean, imagine being online. Imagine being in line on judgment day and the apostle Paul standing in front of you and you got done, just got done drinking at the bar. You've rolled your car over into a ditch and you died because you were drunk and you rolled your car over and you're on in line for judgment day and you're being judged next to the apostle Paul and Paul goes, oh, what are you here for? And you're like, oh, I rolled my car over into a ditch and Paul's like, oh, I was martyred for my faith. You and Paul look nothing alike. Like, I don't want to be on judgment day in line wondering if my name's there. I want to walk what the Bible says, the righteous will be bold on judgment day. The righteous will be bold that's on right. the day of judgment. I want to be bold and I want to know that God is going to say, well done. You don't want to be on judgment day shuffling around trying to figure out if you're there or not. I'm not doing barely saved. So if that's what you're interested in, then this is not what we're preaching about. We are preaching about being radical, being on fire, being vessels for God to use in the supernatural realm. Um, okay. How do I know? I think this one's you. How do I know if a dream is from God or it's just me?
1: I would say, uh, the number one way to detect that is first of all, how does it make you feel right when you wake up? If anything leaves you with, like, if you have a vision of yourself in a casket or something in your dream, that's probably not from God. (laughs) Mm. Definitely not from God because. Uh, if it's not in the word of God, first of all, everything has to line up with God's word. And God's the author of life and he's the prince of life. Mm. So if you wake up and you feel like discouraged, dispirited, distressed, anxious, you know, obviously if God's rebuking you about something, then you, should, you know, there is a, a, a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. But I'm saying like a worldly sorrow where you feel like giving up. That's not from God. The Holy Spirit always encourages. Mm. The Holy Spirit in rebuking even in his corrections there's always an encouraging factor there's always a, a a building block that he's adding to you god is an encourager when daniel had his dream uh for, first of all another uh, another thing is when you wake up oftentimes when it's a god dream and i'm not someone who gets dreams and stuff I, I think i maybe had one my wife gets more dreams than i do uh but when you wake up do you have the interpretation of that thing mm. If you don't, I heard a great man of God say, if you don't have the interpretation right away, if you don't know what it means and stuff, or if you don't, like, if it doesn't vibe with you, don't look into it. Don't try and find something that's not there. So I would say if it brings discouragement, if it breaks you down, if it gets you scared and makes you fearful, if it leads you away from God, if it gets you afraid of God, if it puts you in this, like, a damic state where you're hiding from God, from the presence of God, then it's definitely not from God. It's the enemy trying to destroy, to steal, to kill. And Jesus said, I've come to give life more abundantly. So anything God does, when God speaks to you, when Abram received, the, the Bible says, and God spoke to him in a night vision, which is probably a dream, it it was always you know, something to lead him forward. There was an instruction to lead him forward. There was something that was going to preserve him. There was something that was going to help him. When um, Joseph had the dream, it was something to help Egypt so to, ex- good, uh, to, to preserve themselves throughout a world famine. There's always an, ins- it's not, God's not giving dreams just so he can tickle your fancy. He's not giving dreams so he can like, it's your, 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 your your ears. He's not just you know. People always they talk about this with angels. Oh, I saw an angel. Well, what did he do? I don't know. I just saw an angel. Well, what's the point? Yep. Every time an angel came in the New Testament, there was always a message it brought. There was always a a, a solution. There was always a, a mandate or an assignment that the angel brought. It was never just to show up and have tea with you. It was never just to show up and and just you know, uh, just for 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 a phenomenon's sake. there was always. A specific purpose, an assignment the angel had to bring. That's what that's what I would that's say.
0: That's so good. I love what you said too, because a lot of people, I get a lot of messages of will you interpret this dream? I don't do dream interpretation, but I always tell people, usually if it's from God, he'll he'll give you an interpretation when you wake up. I I'm not yeah. I don't ever I don't ever want to say something that's going to make people think they're not having encounters when they are. I don't ever want to talk against the Holy Spirit. My own personal thing is that some people may have the gift. I don't know fully how it works. I do know, I think a lot of people um have way more dreams than I see in scripture dreams in scripture biblical dreams were not super common the way now and I like I said I don't ever want to say something if you guys get what I'm saying where I make somebody feel like they're not having dreams from God but now I feel like I have a lot of friends that every night they're having a dream every night there's a prophetic dream every day there's an angel coming and I'm just like I don't see that in scripture I'm not saying that's wrong or it's not God I would never want to say someone's encounter is not from God But for me personally, I don't see that in scripture where someone's having nonstop dreams. It could be possible, and I think a lot of people do. I don't really get a lot of dreams. I'll get one maybe like once a month, and the Lord will give me an instant interpretation. I know Pastor Roy's in here. He said the same thing. I'll get an instant interpretation. I'm not confused about it. Um, Sometimes I realize my dreams are just because I had bad pizza the night before. And that's why dreams are very Mm -hmm. iffy, because you could get demonic dreams. You could get dreams from the Holy Spirit. Your human spirit could have dreams. There's many voices that could speak to you in the night hour, and there's verses for this. But... I'll just say be careful with dreams um look for your own interpretation because somebody you go to someone for a dream interpretation and who's to say they're not giving you a wrong interpretation i have people tell me like well the color blue in dreams means this i'm going so who who are you to tell me the color blue is a universal i mean did god tell you blue means this in every dream you know what i'm saying so there's all these interpretations we just need to be um, careful about. I I am reading every comment, and so some of the questions I didn't write down that you guys are commenting, I'll pick out like one. For instance, Ace Gonzalez said, "Does somebody have to lay hands on you in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit?" I would love to say absolutely not. Um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I've told my story a thousand times. Atheist at the altar with nobody laying hands on me I literally had my hands up and I felt the Holy Spirit just fill me I was speaking in tongues didn't even know what it was never spoken tongues in my life didn't ask for tongues and I immediately when I surrendered to God got baptized in the Holy Spirit with no one laying hands on me and I started speaking in tongues I didn't even try so I don't think you have to I think it's biblical too because Paul would say I long to be with you that I might impart spiritual gifts Paul would lay hands on people and they would receive the Holy Spirit. There's many verses for this, but I think that's the formula or that's the pattern God intended. But I think that God can always move outside the pattern or outside the formula and do whatever he wants. And in those sovereign moments, like tonight, I believe God's going to baptize you wherever you are without no one laying hands on you. And a bunch of you now are in the chat are giving your testimony about how no one laid hands on you. You're by yourself and the Holy Spirit filled you. Yeah. Really, really good. I mean, Acts
1: chapter... Acts chapter 10 says, Peter opened his mouth and began to preach, and the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. He didn't lay hands on anyone. They just, so as good. he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. So, so good.
0: All right, I'm going to shoot you this one. Do you need to read the whole Bible before walking in miracles, deliverances, preaching, and different supernatural things? Do you need to have the whole Bible read before you start doing these things?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, that's not a that shouldn't be... <laughs> That shouldn't be uh, an encouragement to not read the whole Bible. You should go through the Bible. You should you should have a a very working knowledge of of the Bible. The Bible says, "Study to show yourself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, accurately dividing the word of God." Mm. You should this should what I'm about to say should not um, discourage you from going through the Bible or you know getting some lazy spirit where you're like, "Well, I guess I don't have to do it if I can walk in." You're not trying to find shortcuts in life. And secondly, the Bible is the word of God. Uh, is the word of God And um, it's how, you know, the Bible says, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And the more uh, exposure you have to the word, the more the word you get in your spirit. The Bible says that um, it'll actually build strength in you and you'll actually be able to handle more things. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and understanding the word of God. So um, there's I mean, you look at in Mark chapter nine. Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they bring unto him a boy who they had brought to the disciples, but the disciples cannot cast the devil out of him. But they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus looks to the to the, uh, to the the men, and he says, what do you want me to do? The man says, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it convulses him. He foams at the Mount, becomes rigid. And uh, it often throws him into the fire into the water. But if you can do anything, help him. Jesus said, "You faithless generation." So he addressed hmm. the reason why the disciples couldn't cast it out. He said, "You have, you're not, you don't have a faith strong enough to do it yet." And he said, um, "Bring the boy to me." When he cast the devil out, the disciples came to him privately and said, "Why could we not cast it out?" Jesus said, "Because of your unbelief. For this type of unbelief does not come out through, but through fasting and prayer." Wow. And uh, so he addressed the problem was they didn't have a sufficient reservoir or buildup of the word. Acts twenty thirty four. I commend you to God and to the ministry of his word, which is able to build you up and grant you an inheritance. So that in the day when you're faced with an impossible situation, when someone comes to you and their kid has stage four cancer and they're asking you to pray. You have such an overflow of the word of God in you. Where it becomes just, faith is not something you have to work up. It's just something that emanates and radiates from you. And you can get, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, if mustard seed, faith can do that, to uproot a mountain and cast it into the midst of the sea. How much more, if you build yourself up so the word of God is exploding in your spirit, how much more damage can that do to the kingdom of hell? So, can can do you have to read through the whole Bible to, in order to be used by God in working in miracles? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, when the early church was you uh, working in miracles in the book of Acts, the whole Bible wasn't even written. Preach. They were still being completed. Paul hadn't written all his epistles when he worked extraordinary miracles by his hands. So he hadn't even written his own revelation yet. You know, Stephen was a deacon. He wasn't even a preacher. He was a deacon in the church, and he was a man attested by God through mighty works, signs, and wonders and was full of the Holy Ghost. There's a man of God named Benson Itohosa. And when he got saved in the Assemblies of God Church in Nigeria, he... Uh, the message he got saved on, or sorry, two weeks later, he was in church, and the message I was preached was, with God, all things are possible. So, he went up to the pastor. He had been two weeks saved, freshly saved. He didn't even have time to read through the whole Bible, even if he wanted to. And he goes up to the pastor. He said, sir, if this is true, can I raise the dead? He said, well, I assume yes. Have you ever done it? No. But can I do it? Well, I mean, yeah, theologically, it's correct. God has given you power to raise the dead if you're saved. You have resurrection life on the inside. He said, that's all I need to hear. He took his bike after service at 12 p.m. and he went through the whole neighborhood seeking a dead person. I mean, you talk about faith at work. He went knocking on doors. Is there any dead here? In Nigeria, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but back in like the 60s and 70s, they, they would keep their dead in their house. They would keep mm-hmm. them in their house for several days and whatnot. So he, he was going, knocking on every door. Are there any dead in your house? Is there any dead here? Are there any, None, none. Finally, at 4.30 p.m., Someone opens the door, and their daughter had just died. Yes, my daughter just died. What, what do you want? I've come to raise her from the dead. Two weeks saved. Wow. So he gets by her bed, kneels down, put, followed the scripture of when Jesus healed uh, Jairus' daughter. He put everyone out. He had enough of the word to work a, a, a resurrection. He puts everyone out. He gets on his knees, prays. He gets up, takes her by the hand, and says, little ga- girl, I say to you, arise. She, first time doesn't work. Prays again, gets up. Little girl, I say to you, arise. Doesn't work. Does it again. The third time, she sneezed, <laughs> came back to life, and he presented her back to her parents alive. And then from that moment onward, it spread so far. He was walking one day. This guy was a mighty man of God, mighty man of uh, miracles, signs, and wonders, man. And it was just simple faith. He didn't even finish Bible college. So if you think you have to go to Bible college to work miracles, sometimes they actually snuff the fire Preach. out of you rather than add the fire to you. Preach. Most of them are called uh, seminaries; they should be called cemeteries Preach. because it's, it's just dead men talking to dead people about dead things. There's no revelation. There's no brightness to it. Anyways, so he there's a crowd gathered around this boy who had fallen from a third story building, cracked his skull, and his brain splashed out. He goes, pushes everyone off, takes the boy's brain literally puts it back into his like it was like kind of leaking out. Take, and this might be you know in America this is like hard to swallow but this actually happened and it was like testified and uh it was it, it's a it was a proven miracle. That's why his name went around the world. Uh he grabs his head, his skull and puts it together in praise and his head supernaturally sealed up and he was a he a functioning boy for the rest of his you know for the rest of his life. Wow. He wasn't like you know, slow or anything. He didn't have developmental problems. Nothing. Just totally restored, just like Jesus told the man with the withered hand, stretched forth on everything that had withered away, totally restored. So, so do you have to read the whole Bible? No, absolutely not.
0: I think you know Acts four thirteen says the disciples were unskilled and uneducated, yet the That's Pharisees right. marveled because they had been with Jesus, and most people don't know this. They didn't write the Gospels till 30 to 50 years after Jesus died. And why did they wait 30 years? Because they thought Jesus was coming right back. So they thought in their minds, why would we write the Gospels if Jesus is going to come back before we finish? So they didn't even finish them till 30 to 50 years after Jesus died. And a lot of you, I know there's so many people... That are like well that's not in the bible that's not in the bible and you know a lot of believers that everything you do they tell you is not in the bible even though john says if everything jesus did was in the bible it would fill the whole world there's a lot of stuff god can do that's not in the word of god as long as it doesn't contradict the word of god but you have to remember paul didn't have the bible he wrote a lot of the new testament so the disciples weren't walking around with new testament bibles saying okay this is how we do it they were innovating they were creating they were spirit-led and so we have the Bible and we're doing less than the disciples and they didn't have the Bible. Okay. So that's for you there. Um, here's one hell is hard for me to comprehend. If God loves us, why does he send people there? Now I got this like five times. Here's what you have to understand. I tell people all the time, people say, well, is God, why, if God's so loving, why would he send me to hell? And the question is, if God's so loving, why would he send you to a place to live with him for all of eternity when you want nothing to do with him? There's atheists that shake their fists at God, say, we hate God, we don't want nothing to do with him, and so why would God send you to spend forever with him if you don't like him hell is a place not made for humans it was made for the devil and his angels people that resist god that deny god that don't want nothing to do with god go there because they choose to go there it's a willing thing so god's not just saying like oh i'm going to send you because i'm bored people are choosing to go to hell that's the that's the bottom line rally does god is god the one that throws people in hell absolutely jesus said do not fear man fear god who could destroy your both your body and your soul in hell. So God does throw people in hell. Most people don't think that. They think the devil's throwing people in hell. The devil's gonna be in hell for all of eternity. He has enough, he's gonna have enough torment going on. He's not throwing nobody in hell so this is a choice that we make to deny the son of God the Bible says in Romans that God has made himself plain through creation that no man can deny or say there is no God the Bible says in Psalms a fool says in his heart there is no God and so to deny God or to say God isn't real is literally you going beyond your own the way God created you and denying the way God created you and the Bible says it's a fool that says that because if you look at creation God made himself so plain creation is so intricate and so detailed and if you look study you the universe you know go watch interstellar i mean go study the the planets and you're going to be like god has to exist when you see the vastness of the galaxy and the bible says god stretches out the galaxy like the planets like a curtain or the universe like a curtain and the galaxy is ever expanding every second there's billions thousands of stars being made per second so the galaxy is forever expanding God's continuing to create and it God makes it very plain on how real he is so we could we could do an hour-long teaching I do have a a teaching on my YouTube channel of hell um but the reality is people make a conscious choice to deny God and that's that's where they go where the devil and his angels go hell was not made for people and bro I'll say this and I know this, this once again is controversial but it's this is my show so I can say this the scare people always talk about the unconditional love of God right The unconditional love of God. God's love is unconditional. That is one of the scariest statements you could ever make. Because here's what the unconditional love of God does. The unconditional love of God is when God says, I love you and then throws you into hell because you've denied his son your entire life and lived for yourself. God can love you and still throw you into hell because his love does not have conditions it's not conditional so the unconditional love is not something to be taken lightly god jesus died on the cross so that not one person would ever have to experience hell jesus took on your sin took on the penalty became sin the one that knew no sin bore your penalty he gave you what he was and took on what you were he didn't just die for sin; he died as sin so that you don't ever have to experience hell and if you read about hell if you read 23 minutes in hell or read the bible what it describes hell Hell is not a place you'd want your worst enemy to go. And we need in the body of Christ an urgency to preach, to empty out hell in the sense of no one going there and to populate heaven. We definitely need a new revelation on hell and we definitely need to preach it the way Jesus preached it because it is a real place. I don't know if you want to add to that.
1: Yeah, well, I think people that say that, um, why does God send people to hell? Like you said, no, God doesn't send anybody to hell. People deliberately everybody by default is hell yep you're born yep. G, david said i was conceived in sin by default you're going to if you're a man you were born you're a woman you were born you're going to hell uh, unless you hear the gospel and believe in the gospel so god sent the bible says god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world God sent his son into the world to save the world. For I mean look John 3:16, God so loved the world. God has done everything in his power, everything in his ability. God did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for us all. Will he not freely give us everything else to richly enjoy? God didn't hold back. He gave he spent in, he didn't send he could have sent an angel. Come on. He could have sent you know, uh, he could have sent anything else. He could have raised a man up, but he sent his own son. He came in the likeness of human flesh. Philippians 2, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who came, who being in the form of God, did not consider himself equal to um, his equality, to be equality with God to be grasped, a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself, became man. Do you understand that concept? God, the all... Like Isaiah said, I mean, the universe is just constantly being created. God said one word, let there be. And that thing just never stopped. It's constantly, there's light being created. There's stars being created. The all sufficient, El Shaddai, the God who was and is and is to come, the I am that I am, the great lion of the tribe of Judah, that God decided, I'm going to put on. I saw Isaiah 59 says that um, is the arm of the Lord shortened that it cannot save? Is his ear deaf that it cannot? Here, no, but your own iniquity have separated you from God. And I sought for someone who can repair the breach, but I found none. Therefore, my own arm will bring forth salvation, speaking of Jesus, and my own hand will sustain your righteousness. So Jesus didn't just come and die To save you from sin, but to also impute his righteousness in you so that we wouldn't have to be appointed unto wrath, but we can come out of judgment into life. We can pass from death to life. We can be turned from the power of darkness to light. We can be turned from the power of Satan to to God. We can be forgiven and not just forgiven. That's such elementary stuff. We're forgiven. We're forgiven sinners. You're not even a forgiven sinner any more than I'm a a married bachelor. You're either one or the other, brother. You can't be both. When you get, when God, hallelujah, when you're born again of water and of spirit, you're born. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Mm. God. didn't send his son just to spare you from hell. No, he wanted to not just clean out. God's gospel is not a gospel of renovation. It's a gospel of total liberation where he sets you free from the dominion of sin in your life where now sin no longer reigns in your mortal body, but you now have dominion over sin for you're no longer under law, but you're under grace. And so... God did not send his son just to spare you from hell. And then he, 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 sent, he sent you not just to, res, you know, get you to heaven also, but to repair that relationship with you here on the earth. And if anyone rejects that, like the rich man in Luke chapter 16, he fared sumptuously. Every day was clothed in purple and fine linen. But he, he, he disregarded God. He didn't fear God. He didn't regard people. He, he, he F, you know, pulled the middle finger to heaven. And wow. so when he died, the Bible says there was a, a poor man who was laid at his gate and lick uh, the dogs that he had would come and lick his sores and he fed off the crumbs which fell from his table. But the Bible says when both of them died, one was carried to Abraham's bosom and the other one, God didn't send the help. He himself made the decision. That's why life is described. It can be defined very simply. The time God gives every human to repent and believe. Wow. Life is time god gives every human to repent and believe very
0: simple so good very simple so good okay we're we have we have a lot more so we're going to skip through a couple and i'm going to hit some of the major ones this is this guys some of these i know are controversial i know some of you are um are swiggling around here because it's you don't you uh, you might have a different take but we're doing q a not you so praise the lord on that okay so don't try to argue with people uh-huh. in the chat or none of that not that you guys are just letting you know um once saved always saved is a popular doctrine do you believe you can lose your salvation um i want to say this is another uh, issue of wording people talk about losing your salvation you can't lose it you can forfeit it you can give it up like i was debating this one girl one day and i told her you're telling me if i go move to vegas and go work at a strip club for the rest of my life i just thought about the most obscene crazy thing ever I'll be saved still she said well yeah once you're saved you're always saved there's nothing you can do so then i told her well what's the point of serving god and what's the point of having a relationship so in my mind you can't lose it the devil can't willingfully take it which everyone quotes a verse like how could the devil snatch what's in the hand of god it's not that the devil snatches your salvation or steals your salvation it's that you forfeit it through your choices because the bible says on judgment day there's only two things biblically you're going to hear on judgment day well done good and faithful servant or depart from me for i never knew you so you're not going to hear a third thing where god says well you did all right and you tried and you know you can't lose your salvation so you can 100 forfeit your salvation because you got to remember now we could go into a huge teaching on this but for the sake of time let me just say it this way when the bible talks about being saved this is why okay i'm not going to go into that because that's a, that's an hour and a half so i won't even open up that can of worms the, mm-hmm. this is the thing when the bible talks about salvation it talks about unto salvation so when it says the power of God, you know, Romans 1 thing is unto salvation. The word unto means being being saved. So when we're talking about salvation, salvation is a process of we're being saved until that day we stand before him. So that is why people that live for God for ten years then they, you see them end up becoming a drug addict, a drunk, and they die a drunk. They're not going to stand before God and God say, well, you got saved at band camp in seventh grade. Well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Because you're being saved. It's a daily thing of consecration, of surrendering. Paul says, I die daily. So I'm dying daily. I'm crucifying the flesh daily. I'm sometimes not just born again, but I'm born again, again, again. I'm not filled once. I'm constantly filled. So there's a walking in your salvation. There's a constant knowing god a relationship it's not just a one time the reason why we have this principle of like how could i lose a salvation is because we preach a one-time gospel we preach you get saved one time and you never encounter god for the rest of your life but you have to understand there's a constant walking in the spirit and the bible says there's no condemnation for those that walk according to the spirit but those that walk according to the flesh there is condemnation the bible goes on to say That's that right. condemnation is a legal verdict people are like i feel condemned condemnation is not an emotion or a feeling it's a legal verdict when you're condemned You're done. The gavel slams. You've been condemned to a 30 year sentence. Condemnation is a legal sentence. So when you're walking in the spirit, there's no legal sentence where you're condemned to hell. But if you're walking in the flesh, you are condemned. So the Bible talks about Jesus came to save the world. But the Bible says, if you reject him, you've already been judged. You've already been condemned. If you reject the son of God. So 100%, I believe you can forfeit your salvation. And that's a better way to word it. But you want to add anything to that?
1: No, I was just, uh, scripture came to my mind in Hebrews 6, where it says, if, if you've tasted of the powers of the mm, age to come, yep. if you've been enlightened, you've tasted of the heavenly gift and of the word of God and of the powers of the age to come, if you fall away. So that shows you people can fall away. The Bible talks about yep. in uh, the book of Peter, or is it Timothy? Then in the last, I think it's Timothy. In the last days, uh, the Spirit says that, yeah, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3. Uh, four, sorry, that the spirit says there will be um, difficult times that will come for men will take heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And then many will depart from the faith. Many will depart from it, bro. For you to depart from something. If I'm going to depart from Manteca, California, I have to have first been to Manteca, California. So 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 that's not talking about, you know, unsafe people and people that don't believe, but not believing extra, you know, it's talking about people who once did believe, so once good. tasted the heavenly gift, were used by God, but they they forfeited. Like that, like you said, you can't lose your salvation. It's not like a, a a pair of keys that you lost and I don't know where it is. Oh my God, I want to get saved, but I don't know where it is. Like, and that not how it works. You can forfeit your salvation in walking deliberately walking out of the will of God. The Bible says, "He that stiffens his neck after much rebuke will suddenly be destroyed." and that without remedy. Meaning God, people say, you know, he, he you know, the mercies of the Lord endure forever. Yeah. But there is a time where time runs up. You can, you can, <laughs> the Bible says, don't test the Lord your God. Say it, bro. There's a time where you, where, where God literally, he's not a, a, a tyrant. He's not going to hold you against your will. Jesus said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out, and my father keeps him in his in his hands, and nobody can take him. However, you can walk out. He that dwells in the shelter of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. If you don't dwell in the shelter, you forfeit the shadow. Wow, so you can you can absolutely you know forfeit your salvation uh, if I choose tomorrow to go. And take heroin the next 365 days and just totally live, uh, leave my wife, leave my kid and live totally again. I can't say, well, maybe God had a plan in it. Or I can't say that, you know, wow. once they've always saved, you know, no, no matter what. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he is the one who loves me. And he that loves me will be loved by my father. Well, brother, you have to know my heart. Your heart is expressed through Great. your actions and your words. So I can know your heart. But it's expressed through action. You can't tell me you love God, but you love sin. You can't. Matter of fact, the Bible says this is the judgment that has come into the world, that men love their sin and darkness more than light. So comes down to that. So you know, good. Choose ye this day whom you shall serve. I have set before Reach. you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose ye this day whom you choose. It's a choice and it doesn't say choose you this lifetime it says choose you this day i die daily to mm. myself that the life of god may be manifest through me
0: so good what i want to do guys because we're almost two hours into it i have about 10 questions here on the demonic that i have already answered in my last Q&A I did three weeks ago on my youtube channel so if you want to answer if you asked the questions about demons i literally did two and a half hours of q a on the demonic i answered 35 questions so i'm reading all these that i that i have here and most of these i've already answered so i want to do one or two more that i haven't answered that are not about the demonic and then don't leave guys i want us to pray over the two things we talked about earlier okay because i've already kept tj for two hours i know he doesn't mind but i want to be sensitive to time as well i know it's getting late for some of you i want to pray for healing in your body number one And then i want to pray so i'll pray for healing and then i'll have tj pray the baptism of the holy spirit when we get done doing these last one or two questions i'm going to pick out here okay because i don't want you to leave until you encounter god tonight god is a supernatural god that wants to encounter you so i know a lot of you're like how did it two hours already time flew Time flies when you're flowing in the anointing, okay? when you're And we're going to do more right. stuff together. I told him this is the first time we've ever done something together, just me and him. And so we want to do more stuff outside of the Tuesday and Friday. We want to do more streams together, give you guys more content and different things like that. And then I'm going to link his stuff so that you guys can get in there. I want you guys in there on his Tuesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon streams. He's preaching um, and I want you guys in there. He's amazing stuff. I'm in his streams, I'm sharing his streams. And so I really, really, really want you guys tonight when I tag him, and more people are going to rewatch this than watch it live, but please make sure when this video is done, you go back to my page and you go to his link and you follow his page so you could be alerted when he's streaming. Okay. Um, let me let me just ask a couple more here. I'm I'm just reading through some of these. Um, I was I'll ask you this one, T.J. I was baptized when I was one years old, and I just started seeking God again. Welcome back to the family. Can't um, should I get rebaptized?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the Catholic Church. You know, they baptize uh, as as infants, as babies and stuff, because they have uh, a misunderstanding of the Scripture. They believe that because when Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. So they take it to be like, if you're not baptized, you're going to go to hell. So in order... um, to guarantee that their children would make heaven in case of like tragedy, whatever they'd baptize them at a young, they'd baptize them right out of the womb. They'd baptize them at one years old, two years as infants, right? Infant baptism. And which is not taught anywhere in the scripture. Reach. Baptism. If you understand what baptism is in Romans six, it says that we are buried with him in baptism in conformity to his death. That just as God raised Christ from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we now walk in newness of life. So baptism, it, it's symbolic. You go down, you're dead to self, deny yourself. It's a public expression of what happened in your heart. You died to self, and then you're raised up with Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, you were dead in your sins and trespasses, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has for you, he hath made you alive together with Christ Jesus. He quickened you, and he made you to be seated with him. So that's why we come back up, because we're raised with Christ wow. and seated with Christ in heavenly places. So it's, it's an outward expression of what God did in your heart, uh, the regeneration of the Spirit. You know, if you understand why we need to get saved, you have to go back to Genesis. When man ate of that fruit, he didn't experience physical death. He didn't experience emotional death. He experienced spiritual death. Mm. So he needed spiritual resurrection. So the people that interpret Isaiah 53 by his stripes were healed to be like, oh, well, that's talking about a spiritual healing. They don't know anything they're talking about because we didn't need spiritual healing. Preach. We needed spiritual resurrection. So people that take it, oh brother, you're, you're taking it out of context. It's actually spiritual healing, Isaiah was. No, it's not. Because if you needed spiritual healing, then... Uh, the Bible wouldn't talk about having the regeneration or putting off the old man and putting on the new man, which is created according to the recreation. You must be born again. We didn't need spiritual healing. We needed spiritual resurrection. So uh, going you go back to Genesis. Man died in sin. In Christ, the, sec- the last Adam, that was the first Adam, the Bible says in Romans 5, that through the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners and condemned, and death spread to all men for all men sin. Now, in the, s- the last Adam, through that man's obedience to the point of death, even the death of a cross, the Bible says, now we are heirs of Say his it. righteousness and of the grace of God and shall now reign in life through Jesus Christ. So that's what baptism is. It's you're dead to your Adamic nature. You're dead to your Adamic weakness. You're dead. If people would understand this uh, very simple thing that the early church knew, they, they was, it was like you know common sense, common knowledge. They, they understood this. That's why they walked in such authority over demons and, and devils. That's why they walked in such authority over sickness and disease, because they understood. We're not just you know, living sinners. No, we're a brand new breed, man. The Bible says he has created in one new man a new creation. In Jesus Christ, there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. You're a new creature. And baptism announces to the world... I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. The old things have passed away. I forget those things which are behind. I've detached. I've dis- I no longer identify with that nature. I now identify with the divine nature of God, which dwells in me. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I glorify God from this day onward in my spirit and my bodies, which are God's. So, so that's why it's important to get baptized when you believe. Uh, when you actually so, get going so again. good.
0: I think that's a perfect time to transition into prayer, guys. We want, we specifically feel like the Holy Spirit wants to heal people tonight and wants to give people the the prayer language, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm not, I'm not going to talk and argue about whether you have the Spirit or not. I want to say tonight, if you have the Holy Spirit and you've never spoken tongues, tonight is your night. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's 400 of you on here. Tonight is your night, okay? So, I'm going to start. I'm going to pray for... That for healing supernatural healing and then I'm gonna pass to TJ TJ if you don't mind and he's gonna pray at the baptism of the Holy Spirit with you guys, Um, and then we're gonna close it out here We have the giving links You can hit the top link to one time donate and then the second link for the monthly partnership cash up and Venmo And I want to bless TJ tonight. So guys, I'm going to bless TJ tonight um regardless of what you guys give so whether you give or not I'm going to bless TJ tonight I want you guys to partner with us to partner with the ministry we're going to do more stuff together I want I want to introduce him to our community we're we're building a community we're building a family here and I I love this guy I love what he brings I love his fire I love his passion so I wanted to introduce him to you guys really officially and I want you guys to follow his stuff but I also want to bless him tonight um I know he's getting microphones and cameras and he's setting up his stuff and really just upgrading his streaming stuff as well and so I want to help so into his streaming setup um just personally i'm gonna sew into him so please guys partner donate give there's many links there here's what i want to do i want you now listen you can put on your worship music i can't put on worship music due to copyright obviously but i want you guys if you want to put on music you can whatever you need to do to get yourself in that zone i want to pray for supernatural healing i'm believing tonight god is going to heal your physical body so here's how i want to do this If there's pain in your physical body if it's your neck if it's your lungs if it's your kidneys if it's your back if it's your ears wherever there's pain at or where the sickness is in your body i know there's viewers that have cancer that are asking for prayer tonight put your hand on that spot and i'm going to pray that the power of the holy spirit would just flow through you and touch your body god is all places at all times i'm telling you i believe it i'm not praying double minded when you start praying for yourself and as i pray and lead you don't pray double-minded don't think well we don't know we're not beggars we are believers so we have authority jesus didn't even say pray for the sick he said heal the sick so he's given us the power to heal the sick and we're we're taking our authority we're taking our power and our faith and we are going to believe for divine healing when you get healed not if you hear i just didn't say if i said when when you get healed message me and share the testimony i would love to hear your testimony guys i'm telling you tonight as you're right the anointing is in this is in this stream the atmosphere is set god is moving god is always available to move the angels are not tired they're not weary they're not bored they're active tonight so father we ask you right now lord i am asking you for every single person that is listening for every single person that is laying hands on myself that you would release your healing power father we thank you that. Psalms 103 says all sickness all disease was paid for on that whipping post father we thank you for your 39 lashes and we command I speak to your body right now and I command your body to be healed in Jesus name. I command eyes to be healed. I command ears to be healed. We speak creative miracles in Jesus name. We command body parts to be restored. We command body parts to be created. We speak the power of the Holy Spirit. We bind every power of unbelief. The Lord rebukes you spirit of unbelief. You have no power and we speak healing right now. We speak the healing virtue of God. Father, we thank you that there is power, according to Mark 16, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So right now, if you're laying hands on yourself, this is biblical. We speak healing power to flow through your hands. Lord, I thank you that some listening are going to see their first miracle tonight. Some listening that have never seen the miracle power of the Holy Spirit are going to see miracle power right now. So Lord, we are asking not as beggars, but as believers, we are your sons and we are your daughters. And we boldly speak. Yes, I speak over MJ Black Cloud right now, Matt, I speak over you, divine healing in Jesus' name. Mariana, I speak over your son that has been diagnosed with autism, and I speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Danny just said I feel healing for for my back. I speak right now to that back. I speak to those tumors, and we command them to leave now in Jesus' name, and we speak the healing power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your healing anointing father we thank you that this is not something we earned or we deserved. this was the price paid on that whipping post that your blood is enough that the price that you paid is enough and Lord we thank you we give you all the honor tonight all the glory it is all about you we throw all the crowns at your feet and we thank you that you are healing your people we thank you that Jennifer's ear is being healed right now we speak to it in Jesus name right now we speak to it in Jesus name we believe For divine healing and restoration guys we believe it keep praying for that wherever you're at um we're speaking we're reading your thyroid we speak healing we speak healing over asthma we speak healing over skin disease i rebuke covid19 i know several people right now that have been diagnosed i was just telling tj that have been diagnosed with covid and i'm speaking to that covid right now and i'm telling you you have no power the lord rebukes you covid19 we speak healing in jesus name over that fibromyalgia shanna where Shauna, I speak healing right now. In the name of Jesus, you will be healed and you will be restored in Jesus' name. I hear the Lord even saying, those that have had trouble having children, those of you that have had issues with your womb, I speak now. I've seen several people that the doctors say, you'll never have kids now have three to four kids after receiving prayer. So those of that are childless, the Bible says that the Lord will give the childless mother a family. I speak to you Thank now. You. And I say, have children be restored, be renewed, be healed now in Jesus name, whatever is preventing you, whether it's you, whether it's your husband, I just ask for the Lord to restore and renew and to give you children and to heal your body right now father we speak to wombs and i i really feel like the lord is saying i'm healing wombs right now so if that's you we speak to your womb we command it to be healed now in jesus name what i want to do guys if you've never received keep praying for your healing i know a lot of you are saying i'm feeling heat i'm feeling warmth keep praying for that i want tj to lead you through the baptism of the holy spirit because right now some of you that have never been baptized i'm telling you There's nothing more life-changing than speaking in tongues for the first time. There's nothing more life-changing than receiving the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I want to say two things. Number one, this is for new people that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, this is for some of you that have been baptized in years, okay? I'm going to receive this right now. As he's praying, I'm going to receive it because I believe there's a fresh baptism for Isaiah Saldivar. I believe there's a fresh baptism for Brittany, for Kenya, for Muhammad, for Sabrina, for Cindy, for Rachel, for Zachary. I believe there is a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. So don't sit back and say, oh, I'm going to get off now because I'm not a new believer. Right now, I'm telling you, you can be baptized fresh Sweet. in the Holy Spirit right now so um TJ is going to pray with us and we're just going to receive this tonight
1: i want you to lift your hands wherever you're at um the good thing about the baptism in the holy spirit is that god wants you to be baptized more than you you could ever even want it for yourself and so jesus said you evil parents know how to give good gifts to your children and if he comes asking for a bread you won't give him a stone if he comes asking you for a a a fish you won't give him a snake even so, your heavenly Father will give you what you ask. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that. So then ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. When the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the greatest gift that God has given to the world. But the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift God has given to the church. And it's a, he's a gift. He's a gift to the church. He's a he's a gift. He's a person, but he's a gift to the church. And I don't know about you, but on Christmas morning, I don't have to wrestle for my gifts. I don't have to like wrestle my parents for my gifts when they bought me something that has my name on it. Well, let me tell you, there's a gift laid right before you right now. The Holy Spirit is brooding over you. You don't have to wrestle for it for him. You just have to lift your hands and receive. Jesus, you said it before in John 20. He said receive ye The Holy Ghost. The Bible says they were all together in one accord. You know, we're all around the world right now. We're on Facebook Live. You guys are tuned in from all around the world. But we're all together in one accord. If you weren't in one accord, you could have easily have X'd out from the Facebook Live, but we're all together in one accord. We may not be in one place, but we're in one place on Facebook. And so the Bible says, suddenly there came from heaven a sound as of a rushing of a mighty wind. That wind is coming your direction even now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you said in your word, you would pour water on him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. You said in your word, if we're hungry and thirsty for you, that we would be filled, we would be satisfied. Father, your word says in the book of psalms that david said i will be anointed with fresh oil my cup shall run over i pray for everyone who is seeking a fresh baptism that's hungry that's thirsty just like david said my soul thirsteth for thee my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water father those that are parched those that are weary those that have grown weary and well-doing i pray let a fresh wind from heaven you said the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound thereof. I pray, let that wind blow their way tonight. Let that wind blow where they're at, wherever they might find themselves. If they're watching on the replay, I pray, Father, let a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. For John the Baptist said, I came to baptize with water unto repentance, but Jesus said, I have come to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. There was John the Baptist, but we've moved on to Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. I pray, Father, let the fire fall just like the fire fall, fell in, in the days of Elijah when he called on the all-consuming fire of God. And the Bible says that fire, when it fell, it turned the whole nation towards you. I pray, oh God, even now, all-consuming fire, come baptize us. Father, turn our weaknesses into strength. Turn our infirmities into strength. Turn our inadequacies into your sufficiencies and adequacy.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to W www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.